welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Welcome with us and thank you so much for joining us today. When this year started, we had such big plans. We had such future hopes for what could be. And then we blinked, and this year just blew by. My wife joked the other day. She said that it kind of feels like we're in 2020 version 3, like somebody's been playing with the reset button, and we had to restart this year three times. When I think about it, when I allow myself to sit alone and and kind of, Uh, get lost in my own thoughts. I I think that that might be the answer for us. Maybe we just need to turn the power off and when we turn it back on again, it'll all reset to something that we know and something that we understand. But away from all the silliness, onto a more serious question, a question that I've been pondering for the last while is, in all this disruption, in all this turmoil, Have we been willing to dream about the future? Have we allowed ourselves, have have we dared to dream about the future? It's essential for our well-being. And I don't just mean tomorrow. I don't don't just mean a day where where hand sanitizers and masks and social distancing isn't a reality anymore. When I, when I say tomorrow, I don't just mean a tomorrow that's, that's separated from our current frustrations. When I say tomorrow, I don't just mean the next day because this day sucks. When I say the future, I actually mean a time with an outcome, with purpose and meaning, something that we've longed for, something that we've hoped for and dreamed about. You see, those dreams, they fill us with hope, they fill us with faith, they fill us with love and anticipation and excitement about the future. My question this morning is, when's the last time you allowed yourself to dream? When's the last time you allowed yourself to think beyond just today or maybe just even tomorrow to a time where where there's an excitement in the future? to what is possible and what lies beyond. You see, it's been really hard to convince myself that it's a good idea because I fear the disappointment. I fear what what could happen when my hopes don't come true. And it's not a very good place to live. It's not a very exciting place to live from. But I am really fully aware of the fact that A futureless tomorrow is just a day filled with fear and with doubt. How much fear and doubt have you experienced in the last while? How much fear and doubt have you heard about from the people around, from that message you got, from that thing that you saw on that device? You see, the problem is how do we start dreaming again? When fear and doubt is so prevalent, when, when it's like it has this, this darkness that hangs over us. Paul writes something very, very helpful 
when it comes to this. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, he says, three things will last forever. Now, when it comes to the future, we need to know the things that last forever. When it comes to the future, we need to know the things that we can depend on to be there when we get there. Uh, when life is disrupted and uncertain, we need to know what we can depend on. Paul continues uh, in that verse, and he says, three things will last forever, and he says what these three things are. He says they are faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love are the three things that we can depend on, that we can know that they will last forever. So when it comes to the future, when it comes to the danger of dreaming, we really need to hold fast to these three things. Faith, hope, and love. It gets really dangerous when we move away from faith, hope, and love. It gets really dangerous when we don't keep them in mind. Because the, that fear, that doubt, that darkness, that hole, that weak, that, it kind of feels like it creeps closer. Yes, that, that hole does not exist close to faith, hope, or love. And that, that despair, that stress, th that thing that so many people have been taken over by, you've seen it around you. Yes, it is void of faith, hope, and of love. So when we're looking at the future, the first thing that we need to hold on to, the first thing that we need to focus on that'll last forever is faith. The question always is, what is faith? Is it that empty, barren belief, that, that, that dream, that hope in something out there somewhere, maybe, possibly, I don't know. Well, when we read the Bible, we see different understandings uh, of what hope or, or of what faith is. The fact that faith is caught up in faithfulness. Faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. It is an obedience in a direction that knows that there is more, that things are going to be better, that, that things are going to be different, but I need to take care of my business. It's, a, it's an obedience in the same direction for a long time. The second way, or another way, that faith is understood in the Bible is this absolute trust. When you look at the people who came to Jesus to ask him for their healing, they definitely had this absolute trust that their healing, their moment, their tomorrow, their future is caught up in this person called Jesus. And that was an absolute trust that they had. The next way or another way that we understand faith in the Bible is a confident hope. The best description I can find for a confident hope is in Hebrews 11. Verse 1, it says the following. It says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Assurance about things that we cannot see. That excites me because that speaks about the future. That hopes and trusts and dreams about 
a future. Then, another way that faith is understood in the Bible, especially in the book of James, is that it can be this empty, barren belief. And that it's this impotent idea that'll never move us to action. Now, if we looked at all the other beliefs, or all, all the under, understandings about faith, they all moved us to action. But it's kind of a lack of faith when it's just an idea, when it's just, ah, I don't know, I think that it might possibly happen. Well, that's when faith gets us into trouble because that's when faith isn't really faith. No, real faith is not passive. Real faith is an act of confidence in God's grace and in His mercy and in the relationship that He calls you and me into. It is active. It is alive. It wants to see the future. Ultimately, faith is a confidence in a new future with God. Faith is a confidence in a new future with God. I want to repeat Hebrews 11 and, and, and verse 1 that says, Faith is the confidence that we hope for. It, it speaks about a future, and that will actually happen. It gives us assurance of things that we cannot, and I want to add a little word here. It gives us assurance of things that we cannot yet see. So faith is this confidence in a new future with God. And it will remain forever, like 1 Corinthians 13, 13 told us. Now, the second thing that will remain forever, the th second thing that will last forever is hope. Now, also, many different, many different explanations around what hope can be. But the word Paul uses here points to an excitement. It points to an anticipation, and it implies that the future should excite us. And when fear and doubt is taking over, it means that maybe we've moved away from hope, from what hope really is. You see, when it's all gloom and doom all around us, when all the news we're getting, when all the, all the influence we're getting is all gloom and doom and negative and danger, maybe we should check that source. Maybe we should reevaluate that source. Paul speaks really into the hope for the future. When he writes to the Philippian church in, in Philippians 3 from verse 12 to 14, he says the following. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to, the, to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. See, Paul here is saying that, that hope, his hope, is in growing up, is in becoming the person who God has created him to be. It is in trusting God to, on a daily basis, take him one step closer to the person that he was created to be. He's forgetting the past and 
looking forward with hope and anticipation and excitement to what God has for him in the future. When Paul speaks about forgetting the past, Paul had a lot to forget. Paul grew up, and, and, and the first time we read about Paul is, is, is him as a young man standing, holding the coats of the people who are murdering the first Christian martyr. Stephen was taken out of the city, and he was killed by, by people pushing him down a hill and throwing big rocks at him. And, and Paul was literally the doorman. He was standing there holding the guy's coats as he looked on to this murder. That moment drove him even deeper into a self-righteous belief and faith and idea where he was following these leaders all the time. So determined was he in this self-righteous idea, in this idea that I can prove to God that I'm worthwhile, that he wanted to eradicate the Christians from the earth. He was the first guy to, to, to actually get the leaders to say, hey, here, go, become a bounty hunter for Christians. Go into all the world and eradicate the Christians. That was literally his mission as he was on his way to Damascus, where Jesus came and met him and threw him off his donkey, saying, Saul, why do you persecute me? When it comes to the past, Paul had a lot to forget. He had reason to say that I'm living to forget my past. But when he says, looking towards the future, this perfection that he speaks of, this maturity, this becoming the person who God's created him to be, he is excited about it. He speaks with hope and with anticipation about the future that God has called him into, about the person that God has created him to be. So Paul is essentially telling us that his hope is in the one who holds the future. The one who is growing him, the one who is maturing him, the one who's helping him through everything that he faces to become a little bit more like Jesus every single day. See, Paul looked at the past and he played it out in his mind and he was like, that is not who God has created me to be. And he looked at the future. And the one who, uh, I love the way that Acts says it. It says, the one that possessed him, literally the one who claimed him as his own, Jesus. And that one is on a daily basis creating that real Paul, that person who God has created him to be that person who is his destiny, that person who is his future. You see, that's the way that hope draws us into the future. That this, the person I am, what I see around me, is not the end. But that I trust the one who holds the end in his hands. The third thing that lasts forever is love. Now, the word love here can be translated or has been translated for years as the word benevolence. It's an English word, it's an old English word that we don't really use anymore. Now, benevolence was made up of two Latin words. The first one, and you might know it if you're Italian, it's bene, which is good. And the second one, and I'm going to butcher this, is volens. 
Now, violence is a want, a desire. It is a willingness. And if you put the two words together, you get a desire for the best for another. Benevolence, the desire for the best for another. Three things will remain, is what Paul says. Faith, hope, and God's desire for the best for you. Faith, hope, and God's desire for the best for us. Man, that excites me about a future. Man, that excites me about the future, not just tomorrow, about forever. It's something that we can hold to. It's something that we can really take to the bank. It's not just an excitement for tomorrow. It is an excitement for the future. But it's an excitement for the future that we can only see if we allow ourselves to dream. If we allow ourselves to get excited. You see, we realize that we can never realize this dream, this future, on our own in our own strength, on our, of our own volition, I want to say, if I can use that old word. And that is the, the start of God's best for us. That is only the start of what He desires for us, is this amazing future. Because we have an idea of what the best is, but man, I, I want to say, we can only start to imagine what God's best really is for us. And that's a love that'll last forever. That is a cheer for you, for me, that'll last forever. So as a recap, three things will remain. Faith, confidence in the future that God has for us, hope, this anticipation and excitement of who God has created us to be and who we are becoming as we follow Him in relationship on a daily basis. And love, this never-ending want, this never-ending desire for God, for us to have His best. These three will remain forever. These three will never give up. These three will never end. The question I think for all of us is, what is our next step? How do we step into this? I believe for all of us, it starts with the choice. The choice that my present will not be my prison. I will not be stuck here indefinitely. It's to realize that at worst, the present is just building blocks to make me stronger, to get me to the future. Uh, it's a choice that means that I join hands with the one who holds forever, who holds the past, who holds the present, and who holds the future all together. And that one wants you and me to write the future, to write history with him. Because... He wants the best for us in everything. To get a good explanation of who that is, 2 Peter 1 and verse 3 gives us a nice idea. It says, 
by His divine power. God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. God calls us into relationship to have all He has for us. He, he calls us into relationship so that we can, we can get to know everything that He has placed inside of us. Uh, the older translation says, to live a life of life and godliness. He has, he's already given us everything we need for life and for godliness. You see, in relationship with God, we have everything we need to live life well. We have everything we need for the future. We have everything we need to walk with Him, to trust Him, to live in faith, to hope in His work, to hope in that work that will complete us. And we have a love that will carry us through the darkest and toughest times forever. A love that will never give up. A love that will never grow tired. But it all starts with that choice. That the present will not be my prison. Let's pray together. Father God, it's so easy to see the present as our prison. Lord, you point our faith you point our hope, you point our love toward a future with you. Lord, a future with confident hope and expectant faith and childlike anticipation of what is to come, of who you are and what you are like. Lord, and we can put our faith in you. We can hope in what you are doing and we can trust your love for the best for us, Lord. Lord, we could only ever find this in you. We can only ever find this in relationship with our good and kind Father. Lord, because you were willing to risk everything to give us a chance to have a relationship with you. And this morning, we choose to not have the present be our prison, Lord, but to choose a future with you a future in faith a future in hope and a future in love those three things that will last forever we thank you that you have invited us into this future and that we can grab it with both hands and be excited about what is to come we pray all of this in jesus name amen Thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. Just before you go, three questions to keep the conversation going with the people in your room, <clears throat> people in your room or the people around. The first question being, when was the last time that you were excited about the future? When was the last time that you were excited about the future? The second question is, is your future plans with God bigger than what you can achieve by yourself? Or are you gonna need some help? Are you gonna need God's help? Is it stuff that you can achieve in your own power? Or is it bigger than what you can achieve by yourself? The third question, what part of that future excites you? And what part of that future scares you?
as you jump into a conversation with those around you, if you maybe take those questions into your lunch break at some time, have a chat around it. Find out how others feel about it. Find out how you feel about it. Other than that, may you have a wonderful week and may you step with us into the future that God has for us. Have a lovely week. We love you. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.